Welcome to Purpose 360. I'm Carol Cohn. And I'm Chris Noble. And we're on a journey to explore the brightest and most innovative minds and initiatives in social purpose. Today, companies and brands must stand for something meaningful. They have to have a social purpose and bring that purpose forward to their employees, their customers, and their community. Each episode, we're talking to leaders at Fortune 100 companies, global brands, social enterprise startups, NGOs, and everything in between. We'll be taking a deep dive to learn how they are integrating purpose into their organizations. To benefit both business and society for enduring impact. Join us. Welcome to Purpose 360. I'm Carol Cohn, and today we have a very, very special guest, um, Hank Kampfer, who's Vice President Marketing at Salesforce.org. But Hank is a very special guest because we had, I had the joy of working with Hank um, many years ago when I was the CEO of Cohn, and he has got the sharpest mind. He's got great wit. He's a brilliant writer. He's a rabble rouser. And as he says in his LinkedIn profile, that he doesn't do boring. So Hank, <laughs> welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Carol. Um, I don't do boring, partly because I worked with you and you don't do boring. So you uh, <laughs> taught me from a young age not to do boring. Hank is in this amazing role at Salesforce. And just a little background on Salesforce. The company was founded in 1999, um, and it's amazing to think it's 20 years ago. They have 29,000 employees. They have 53 global offices. Um, last year's revenues over $10 billion with a year-over-year growth of an astounding number, 25%. So um, they are, and they're a leader, I, I believe in my, re, in my um, reading today, you were just named one of the top 10 best companies to work for by Forbes. So congratulations on that, Hank. So I know you're having a lot of fun. And today we're going to really dive into um, Salesforce as a company that puts purpose right at the center of its business. Um, and that kind of jingling in the background, Hank has a, uh, a friend with him today, one of his account executives, his dog. Um, Hank, what's your dog's name? Kaloa, named after the, my favorite town in the world in Hawaii, Kauai. Oh, lovely, lovely. And, and Hawaii is going to be a theme when we talk about Salesforce. So let's get started. Um, Hank, what is your purpose, your professional purpose? Uh, it's very simple for me. I've always been lucky enough to be part of something that... Uh, changes the world. We don't. I don't have um, any other goal in life but to be part of something that helps create a better world. So um, that's my purpose. Whether that was working with Cone at Oxfam, I want to have fun and I want to make sure that I I help create a better world. And you have been doing that in, in extraordinary ways. Um, so what I'd love you to tell us is a little bit about your background and then what brought you to Salesforce. The accent, as everybody will hear from now, and those who know me, South African, um, and that that really defined my career. I was lucky enough to work briefly on a campaign for Nelson Mandela, then President Nelson Mandela called Proudly South African. And he really sets the tone for how I view the world, that you have to be part of something that changes the world. So 
right back in South Africa, being part of the post-apartheid South Africa, rewriting laws. My first trip to the U.S. was the battle in Seattle. And then one day I was at a meeting, a U.N. meeting in Monterey as part of the, the African NGOs and in walked Oxfam and nobody liked them. I couldn't understand why people didn't like them. I thought we were all on the same side. And I said, well, Oxfam is going to tell us what to do. And I thought, well, if Oxfam tells us what to do, I should be part of that team because, <laughs> you know, so that that's fun. Uh, it took me a while to convince them to hire me, but eventually I joined them over in the UK, ran a couple of campaigns for them, Access to Medicine, Make Trade Fair, Coffee Campaign. During that time, I was very much an activist and I viewed the world through business is bad um, and nonprofits are good. But when I worked with Starbucks the first time was when I realized that if everybody actually in the coffee industry operated the way Starbucks did, we wouldn't have been in a coffee crisis. And that opened my eyes to the power and potential of business. None of them are perfect. They're such a key part of having to change the world. And when I looked at that uh, and, and, and viewed the way business can change the world, also realized that the only businesses really who changes the world at scale, majority of them are in the U.S. So if I really want to be part of something that changes the world, I have to move over to the U.S. And if I'm going to move over to the U.S. and be part of this movement to change the world, I better start at, at the places where this all originated from. And that's how I ended up working with you, Carol, at, at Cone Communications. You know, you very much found this purpose movement of ours. Um, so being part of Cone and then at Edelman and throughout has been, how can I help companies change the world? And the key tool that I use is storytelling. Uh, the power of storytelling, whether that's through brand or communications, etc. And then one day I was working, uh, I was actually a, a user of Salesforce. Um, one day I got a call from someone at Salesforce. I said, hey, um, we have this job. Do you want to come and, and talk to us about it? And they said, it's a marketing job. And I go, well, you know, I'm not really a marketer. Um, I'm more of a brand guy. And usually if you hire me, there's consequences. I didn't be boring. Um, <laughs> You're funny. That's and, true. And that's when they said, well, that's actually what they want. They didn't want to follow the typical rules. And that's how I landed up at, at Salesforce, and specifically Salesforce.org, their social enterprise that looks after nonprofits and, and education. Well, that's, that's an amazing journey. I have to tell people that when I got Hank's resume and I looked at his background and I went, we got to get this guy into our company. I mean, never is there a dull moment when you're around Hank and he is just so smart, but he also pushes the envelope a lot. So let's now turn to what is Salesforce is purpose. And there's two sides of Salesforce. There's the .com and the .org. So can you explain the difference and then also talk a little about the company's one by one by one or one for one for one model? Absolutely. Um, I'll start off with the Salesforce part and then move into the Salesforce.org part that I'm, that I'm part of. So Salesforce, like you said, started in 1999 with this idea of how do you connect people and how do you connect companies to all their stakeholders using the technology that we, we had then and then that we have today? But it wasn't just about building a product that can build connections and strengthen connections and relationships using this, this digital format that was in its early stages in 1999. It was also about what kind of company do you want to build? So Mark definitely looked at and for anybody who knows Mark, he loves Hawaii. And he looked at the kind of culture that's in Hawaii, this whole idea of Ohana, 
and, and who harness how people treat each other as a larger family. That was the type of company you wanted to build. It wasn't just providing solutions to build connections. It was actually to be true to those connections and say, well, those connections should be true in how we treat each other as employees, as customers, etc. So the technology was as much informed by the culture he wanted to create mm. at Salesforce right. from, from the start. Um, and from day one, uh, he had a foundation. This idea of one, one, one model, um, came about one percent of equity, one percent of time, um, one percent of product to donate that. And he challenged other companies to do it as well. And the, the Salesforce foundation came from that. And then a few years back, the question that we asked from a Salesforce foundation side before I joined um, was, is that, the, is that the most effective way that Salesforce's technology can be used to create impact in this world? Is it purely through donation? Um, and they realized, no, it's not. It's also by developing its, its set of technology solutions for those who change the world, nonprofits and education, um, and then selling it to them at a steep discount or donating it to them for free. So Salesforce.org came about as a social enterprise that is a separate legal entity from Salesforce that uses a Salesforce technology to then build technology solutions for those in the nonprofit world and for those in education. And the majority of customers get the product for free, um, and then the rest get it at a steep discount depending on how much, uh, you know, what detail, uh, level of detail or what type of product that they want. Um, so that's really the model. We, we generate our own income and that keeps the lights on, but that really drives the ability to create more technology and solutions for these, these two verticals. But then the rest of the money gets donated, um, to education and other causes. That's important from a Salesforce side as well. And of course, we run all the volunteering that people have heard as well, um, from before. The re- one of the reasons why we, one of the best places to work at is because the only only time of mine that gets tracked is whether I volunteer or not. And that's really encouraged from day one when you join Salesforce, you start off with a volunteering um, project. And I'd like to say that when I went to visit Hank um, and there was this lovely um, young woman at reception and, and I, I started talking with her and she said, oh, I just started um, last week. And I said, well, how is it? And she said, I had to volunteer the first day. And she was so excited by that, and she had a big smile on her face. And so um, it's my understanding that, that Salesforce, this may be the most generous volunteerism policy, seven days, 56 hours of paid time off for your 29,000 employees. And um, I'm just curious. That, that First of all, that's incredibly generous, Hank. Um, but how do you find the time to volunteer considering the company's growing so fast? It's back to the Ohana concept. Uh, you have to, if you're going to be part of this Ohana, that's part of the commitment that you make. is isn't just to be part of a successful company, but as much as what you dedicate your time to this organization to help it grow and, and achieve its goals. You have to be remember that the Ohana is the first principle and value of, of Salesforce. So if you don't make volunteering a priority for you, it means that you're not prioritizing Salesforce. So you're not, it's not a, it's not something that you give up to, uh, you know, we don't see it as a negative, like, oh, you're going to volunteer. So that means you're going to have less impact on the business. No, no, no. You can't have the impact on the business if you don't volunteer because part of that impact that you need to have in the business 
is to be part of the Ohana, be part of your larger community. Um, I also fundamentally believe as a marketer and a communicator that you can't really talk to the world if you're not part of that world. How would you know how they think, how they operate, how they act, how they live, how they breathe if you're not part of that community? So that volunteering actually strengthens our ability to deliver back to the market as well. It's not just building that connections, but it's it's teaching us something as well. But it's not something that we give up. It's something that you do because it's part of who we are. And did I hear you say that the only KPI you have is your volunteerism? No, 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 no. Not my only KPI. <laughs> not my only KPI. But, I was wondering. But, but if I, you'll know this, Carol, from, from the agency days. At agency, every single 15 minutes of your time gets logged. You know, you get you get you get judged by the time that you log. Um, the only time that gets logged from on my side that people look at at Salesforce is my volunteering time. So what I mean is like the only time that people look at see if I if I did allocate this time is volunteering. They don't look at how many hours I worked. They don't look at how many hours I went on holiday. They looked at how many hours did I volunteer. It's the only time that gets logged and and looked at. Okay, great. Thanks for clarifying that. So I'd love you to talk about trail, the trailblazer mentality, um, which is such a part of the culture at Salesforce. So can you talk about how that is? It's not just branding, but it's a philosophy and a way of working and a way of viewing your customers and developing whether it's for profits or not for profits. Yes, that's... Uh... Trailblazer is another unique part of, of, of Salesforce's culture as well. And, it, and it, it comes to life in many different ways. But the idea is how do you blaze your own trail and through the company, through the whole Ohana with your customers, yourself, your career, in the community, etc. Don't go halfway in, go full in. Um, do, your, do what you can define as the best. Um, challenge yourself to go beyond what is the normal um, and that's why we, we have trailblazers, people who volunteer more than what's just allocated, that's involved in the community more than anyone else. Get trailblazer blazers, um, sweatshirts, etc., hoodies, to be able to brag about that as well. And if you do some really unique work and you challenge yourself outside of that kind of norm that we set, you're seen as a trailblazer. Um, that goes right through to from that kind of positioning and how we think and how we encourage people to go outside of their comfort zone. It's also if some people might have heard about our um, uh, the the trailheads that we have for training mm-hmm. as well. That's right. both to help people understand and learn how to use our products. But it's not just that. The majority is actually to teach people how to think about things like equality and justice and those issues and how it impacts business and, and how other businesses can learn from it as well because anyone can, anyone can use those those training exercises. So it's, it's, it's used to not just enrich you from a work perspective but from a work-life perspective as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's a great generosity within the spirit and culture of Salesforce. And, and I guess it does come from Ohana and your family um, spirit and such. Um, your values are, are clearly stated many places. Um, you know, earn trust, drive customer satisfaction, deliver constant innovation, foster equality of every human being. You've been in many organizations. I, our listeners want to know, yes, Mark drove the culture, but then the company grew so 
fast is that how does this culture and having purpose at the center, how does it truly stay constant, stay inspiring, and stay focused to keep growing the company in a very authentic way? In a thousand different ways, there's not one single thing that ensures that we stay true to our culture. It is things that we constantly have from messaging that you see throughout. If you walk into almost any one of our buildings, you'll see a huge television screen and that'll tell you or already will tell you the story. It's from people greeting you from certain offices. When you walk in the, the ground floor is actually public space that people can use. So those little ways that you can use messaging to emphasize that using television screens and then key moments that we build throughout um, the year uh, around big events like a dream force or world tours, etc. These values always play out wherever we go. And we usually attach one of the values and we have our senior leaders talk about talk about those as well. But then you might have heard about these forces that we have as well. Um, and those are, are groups of people that identify around specific issues that they organize themselves. And those actually came from people themselves, from, from the employees um, who formed those. And our leadership and our organization thought, well, that's a great way. How do we organize them and support them? Um, so that's another way where people are encouraged to be part of whatever group that you want to, and that they, that group is given the resources to engage with the whole organization. If you, uh, each and every year we ha we go through a certification process around, do you know the messages and what's important from a Salesforce side, whether you've worked there for 20 years or usually not just a month, but two months, you go through certification that you understand these are the things that's important to Salesforce. We also have a thing called what we call a V2 mom. Each year I write what I want to achieve this year as part of my organization. And it always starts with Ohana. What are you doing to live that Ohana spirit in work? How does it play out and how can we measure that? So it's not just a, a fluffy thing to think of. It's measured. You need to, in the end of the day, we're a technology company. We're driven by data. So that's measured as well. So there's all of these ways. There's not a silver bullet. You either live this day in and day out and challenge and acknowledge people in public and engage around those issues, or you don't. But that's part of the success. There's one other thing that I want to mention. People ask, like, what's the what's the secret source of, of, of Salesforce? It is the Ohana spirit stretched to, to the limits. If you think about, we have at salesforce.org, 40,000 customers, that's part of this group that we call the um, Power of Us Hub, customers who help other customers implement, who answers questions, who will tell us what they think, who constantly engage with us. That's, that for me is phenomenal. I've never experienced that in a company or an organization before, where the customers are so involved with us to help to ensure that we remain true to what the commitments that we've made and for them to help others as well. Mm. I, it's the culture and how it's been created and lived is amazing. What surprised you a year in, you know, I went to visit you and I still think you were like, whoa. And, you know, a year, year and a half into the company, almost how many years have you been there now? Over two? Just over two years. Yeah. yeah. Two years and a couple of months. What, what are the two things that surprised you most? Um, I would say the first thing is that surprised me about how serious this is as well. That this is hard work and everybody acknowledges this is hard work. That we constantly have to remind ourselves about how we live and how we challenge our values and how completely open we are to those challenges. 
that if we see something wrong, we, we don't hide from it. We immediately say, okay, what would Nohana do to fix it? And the, the, it's probably the best example that I can think of is when you know Mark was challenged by one of our other leaders around the uh, equality and pay between, between men and women at the organization. And that was something that we assumed, of course, there's equality and pay. And there wasn't. And the way we found it out was simply by using the data that's available. And the first thing that Mark did was without blinking is to say, then we fix it. And because we also were a growing company and we, you know, merged and buy other companies, Mark and the whole leadership, we review that each and every year to see have, has anything changed? So that first year they did it cost $3 million. But that's just beyond what you would normally expect from a company. Usually I'm so used to companies when they get criticized, they want to run away from it. This is a case of like, no, no, listen to people and then let's see what we need to do about that. Um, that's the first thing. The other thing that I, I, w- I want to mention two other things. I always say like, p- if people want to know why Salesforce.org is so successful, uh, it's because they don't, it's because nobody told them what the rules were. Um, you know, so they don't know that they're breaking certain rules. Um, because typically you say a business runs a certain way and a nonprofit runs a certain way. But our leadership at Salesforce.org, don't think that way. They simply look at what's the most effective way for us to have impact. And we're going to have impact through our customers. Um, so we need to find ways to get that technology to them. And we can operate like a business, even though we are nonprofit. Who thinks like that? That's not, it's a very untypical way, way of, of thinking. And the last thing I'll mention is that how we are constantly surprised by our own impact. Um, you know, we worked, uh, just over a year ago with, with Susan McPherson, who did some research on the impact that we have through our product donation, because we actually had no idea the impact of our product donation um, from an actual hard data side. And that's where we realized when she looked at us and said, do you know how much money, if you translate this into money, how much you are donating each year? And we had no idea. And it was over a billion dollars. We had no idea the scale from a monetary side of our impact. And the reason for that is that wasn't the measurement of success. The measurement of success is the impact our customers have. Not about how much money we donate or how much product money-wise we donate, but the impact that our customers have on the world. Um, those are the things that surprise me and constantly continue to surprise me. Terrific. So let's talk about innovation because deliver constant innovation is one of your core values. And um, within the last year, Salesforce introduced Philanthropy Cloud. So can you talk about Philanthropy Cloud and what its vision is? It's a very unique partnership with United Way. Um, And then we also want to talk a little little bit about um, not-for-profit cloud. But let's talk about Philanthropy Cloud first. Sure, of course. Um, start off with a simple question that uh, we share with United Way, and that is how do we empower people to change the world? How do we give them the tools for no matter where they are for them to change the world? The most effective way to deliver that is through companies and their employees. So we created, working with United Way, we created this, this product that helps employers provide services to their employees for them to volunteer, donate their time, donate their money, create campaigns, get informed, etc. All around the need of the employee as the vehicle of change. 
And the reason why we did that is, well, we've always done that at Salesforce. So how do we empower other people to do it through their companies uh, and organizations as well? But also because one of the key insights we in United Way shared was the days of companies doing this on their own and just telling their employees, this is what you need to do, that's gone. That's, that's gone in a world where people want to help determine their own future and they want companies to fit in with them. So this needed to be a tool to create uh, that we needed to create for employees to inform the companies as much uh, about the things that they want to get involved in and how companies can support them so they can create their own campaigns, their own advocacy, their own support, et cetera. So that was why we created Philanthropy Cloud um, with United Way. And and this is exportable. So when an employee leaves a company, it's like their Facebook page, but it's exactly. for their community engagement and it, and it comes with them. I want to ask you a, a, something that I struggle with all the time with companies, which is the which is the company wants to have a focus on a social issue or two social issues because they want to have an impact. Their employees also want the flexibility that philanthropy cloud gives to them. So I am just curious about, I mean, my point of view, it's the power of and, it's not either or, but I'm just curious for our listeners, since you have worked with so many companies and around the globe, what's your point of view on the company focus and the employee individuality? I agree with you. It's an and. You can't, as a company, force your employees to only do what you want them to do. Um, that, that Those days are over, and that's not a partnership. That's a, that's a boss telling everyone else what to do. We, we pass those. Now, companies need to focus on the areas where they can have the most impact um, and not focus on areas that, that has little to do with their own business or their own community, et cetera. So it's important for them to focus on the areas where they can have the most impact and not what the CEO feels like, but what the company's real impact areas are. Um, so filter that through the products or services, the lo- localities where you are, et cetera. Um, but listen to your employees because they live in the community. Your employees aren't just employees. They are people in the community. They are your ambassadors in those community. If you don't empower your ambassadors, then you will not have effective programs. So allow them to be part of, yes, your program, but also allow them the freedom to determine their own um, because you don't know, not only is it good for employee-employer relationships, but you don't know what they might unearth and you find, oh, this is actually a brilliant way to do something, and you can drive it that way. Um, so it's absolutely an and. It's not an either or. You can't just leave it completely over to your employees because that could mean that they all might want to go into one direction that's completely disconnected from the company as, again. Um, but it is that and. Empower them, but encourage them to participate in those moments that you create yourself as well. Can you uh, explain to our listeners uh, what not-for-profit cloud does? A nonprofit cloud is specifically looking at now how do we develop technologies that support nonprofits in how they connect with their key stakeholders. And those key stakeholders can be anything from the, the people that implement programs across the world to donors, to activists, to their own employees, et cetera, and to their other partners and stakeholders. So it's a set of technologies. So nonprofit cloud um, captures the set of technologies that we develop that helps nonprofits connect to their connect their communities um, using technology. So it's it's similar to what you would think of as a business, um, 
that will use a CRM, client relationship management system, to connect mm-hmm. to their stakeholders. This is specifically uh, adopted and created for nonprofits because they're right. unique. Yeah, and, then and we how, have, how has the not-for-profit community responded to it? Because so much of the work has been manual or different systems, and it's really helping them to um, simplify and then magn- simplify operations and then magnify their impact. Uh, the, I mean, the, the, at, at so many levels, it's been phenomenal. So just if we look at it from the start of just the sheer number of customers that we have, um, we're talking over 20,000 customers. just uh, salesforce.org alone. So the reaction has been phenomenal. Um, you just look at it, our, our growth number as well. We're growing, and you mentioned Salesforce's numbers earlier. Now, salesforce.org grows fast at a faster rate than Salesforce, um, even though the, by far the majority of our customers get it at a steep discount or for free. We still grow faster than Salesforce. We're in the 30%. Um, so so that's, that's another indicator. But I'll, I'll, I'll use the biggest indicator back to the power of us hub. The number of people in the nonprofit world that is engaged with us day in and day out and engaged with each other day in and day out to tell us what new products they want us to develop or how they help other people implement it, et cetera. So outside of that, just growth, we just look at the number of, of people involved in our large Johanna from the nonprofit world that guides us. And also remember that Dreamforce, yes, it's for all Salesforce um, customers, but Dreamforce, if you if you only take the nonprofit part of Dreamforce, it's the largest technology conference for nonprofits in the world. And can you talk a little bit about Dreamforce overall? I know whenever I go to San Francisco and if I have the unfortunate timing to try to book a room when Dreamforce is coming into town, I can't get one. Um, it's an amazing <laughs> conference, um, and it's very, very powerful for both sides of your business. Um, can you chat a little bit about its impact? And I know each year it's bigger and better. Yeah, it's when we um, invite 170,000 of our closest friends over to San Francisco. <laughs> it's <laughs> um, like CES, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Um, it is the moment for us to celebrate um, all things Salesforce. Uh, it is. It combines everything from... Mark and then also Rob from Salesforce.org side, giving our customers an insight into where we are and where we go, how we view the future, um, to uh, sessions that they can attend on how to use products, but also just general celebrations that they can be part of. Um, you know, we had we had last year. Um, you know, we had uh, um, Janet Jackson there, uh, for example, where people can be part of the celebrations. But it is literally the whole week of getting together, celebrating all things Salesforce, of how we support each other, telling the story of our customers, those customers helping other people. But underneath all of that, we have our Salesforce.org part as well that we have. And the volunteering and donating runs throughout the whole experience that you have. So you'll see that wherever you go throughout Dreamforce, you'll see different ways that that comes to life as well. Um, so we're getting down to the bottom of this, but I certainly, you and I could chat for hours. And so um, maybe we'll do a part two later. But I'd love to know, Hank, what are the three or four most important insights for our listeners um, who, you know, I want a piece of that special sauce of Salesforce. And so I know you've talked a lot about culture, but, you know, you got to make it in bite sizes. So what sort of insights do you have? 
Well, um, I would say one is start off with putting the customer at the center. Don't think about your product. Don't think about what you want to tell the world. Start by putting the customer at the center of everything that you think of, from how you connect through your community um, and volunteering, how you develop your products, who you listen to about developing your products, the celebrations that you have at the Dreamforce and all those places. Start off by putting the customer at the center of every single thing you do um, and listen to them because that will empower you to change the world um, and will continue to grow your business because the, the customers are by far your biggest advocates no matter, no matter where you go. Um, straight, stay true to your values no, no matter how hard, difficult it might look at, at and feel at some stages. Stay true to those values. Um, you'll be challenged. Don't, don't deviate from that. Um, um, and when it's challenged, be open to it. Remember, you're part of an ohana, and those people who care are going to challenge you, um, like in any family. And like in any family, you're going to have tough times and good times. But when it's tough times is really what determines uh, uh, the strength of that family. I would say the last thing, and that's my personal view that you know of as well, have fun. <laughs> if, you don't, right. if you don't have fun doing the kind of work that we do, you're not paying attention. We, we unbelievably lucky to be part of something that changes the world. Um, that's a privilege and an honor to be part of something that changes the world. And because we're privileged, we should acknowledge that privilege and have fun while doing it. Um, this is serious work, but you can do it by having fun. Um, those would be the things that I would say uh, to focus on and lessons learned. And just briefly, who do you admire outside of Salesforce for a company that's got purpose truly and deeply authentically embedded in the, in the business and, and has a great societal impact? There are a few. One is the, the usual suspect, um, REI. Um, I admire REI because they're constantly asking themselves really tough questions around their values and how that plays out as a business. Um, and they remember to put their purpose at the center of their business. They are business, um, but they don't let the business uh, o- um, play over their values. So that that that's a company that uh, you know I continued my i i admire admire companies like a Starbucks and a Unilever, um, and not necessarily the products always, but I admire that they look beyond the industry. I I, I admire companies that don't feel like I want to be the best in the coffee industry. That doesn't matter. Um, I admire companies that says, I want to be the best in the world as a company. Because the honest truth is, most companies aren't needed in this world. Um, you know, you, I've, I view companies in three, one of three buckets. Either you selling snake oil and the world doesn't really need you, um, or you're harming the world, or you, you might be a good product, but the people don't really need your product. And there's very few companies who, if you give everyone in the world, that product, they can change the world. That's why I'm at Salesforce. If you give everyone um, who can change the world the power of Salesforce technology, they can change the world. If I give everybody Starbucks coffee, Levi jeans, they're not going to change the world. But Levi's and Starbucks and Unilever can change the world through the power of their business. So they might fall in that second bucket, but most businesses fall in there. And if they view themselves not as an industry leader, but as a business leader, who's part of the community, those are the companies that I admire because they completely embrace being part of who we are. You know, people shoot down Walmart often, and I always view Walmart as what a noble business 
with the simplicity of bringing the cheapest goods to the poorest of people as close to their homes as possible. That's noble. And, and as long as we don't forget the purpose of why we were created, companies can be successful. Those are the type of companies I admire. It remains true to the origins. That's great. And we would be remiss if we didn't talk about it. You have deep sustainability commitments as well. Um, I've read about you've got a 100% a renewable energy goal. And so um, I don't know how well known those are. And also, I don't know where that's run from in your company. That's run with Susan, um, and she runs all, all our sustainability. Um, and for us, it's that, that's table stakes. For us, if you want to be a business uh, that, that is part of the larger Ohana of this world, you start off with minimizing your negative impact. That's the first thing you have to do is to say, how do I minimize the negative impact? Because everybody, no matter who they are, whether they are business, an NGO, or an individual, you will have a negative impact. You're human, you breathe, you have a negative impact. That's the nature of it. So the challenge for us, whether we're individuals or companies, is how do we minimize that? And with companies like ourselves that have resources that can support that, we can reduce those and see how we can encourage others and industries to change as well. So renewable. But that's why we also focus on well, it's not just about how do you minimize the impacts. Actually, how do you create a better world as well? So that's where the volunteering and focusing on these issues um, becomes so extremely important is using the full power to create a better world, not just a less bad world. So, so what's next for Hank and Salesforce.org in the next year that you can share with us considering you're a public company? The beauty of the innovation at Salesforce is that I have a, I have most probably a 70% insight into what I think we'll be doing this year or what I know we'll be doing this year, but it's the 30% that's going to blow you away. I'll give you an example. When I joined two years ago, um, we didn't have any discussions around philanthropy client. None. We didn't have that. Within three months of me joining, we had a team set up and executed in the first product launch less than a year later. Um, 60 people employed just to develop that product. That is what's going to happen. That, that's the thing I can guarantee you about Salesforce and Salesforce.org. What you see is the plans. We're going to continue to roll out technology. We're going to con continue to connect people um, who change the world to those people who matter. We're going to develop the technologies for them. You've seen some of them already roll out from the Salesforce.org side. But the most exciting parts were the things that I don't even see yet um, because we're going to find it. We're going to execute it at such a rapid pace, um, and that's going. That's the thing that gets me excited each and every day. Is I know seventy percent of what's going to happen. The other thirty percent just blows my mind each day. Oh, so, so that oh, that's exciting. Um, and and it's hard to blow your your mind away, but um, I'm so glad that you've truly it. it um, exponentially grew your passion uh, for business and society and purpose that can grow to scale. So in the remaining couple minutes, um, what haven't I asked you? You know, we were talking earlier about, I was, you know, spoke to a, a mutual, somebody that worked for both of us before about career development, et cetera. And I also had a discussion, a disagreement with someone on Twitter not, well, not too long ago where the person just entering the job, the job market, immediately said they didn't want to work for the Googles and the Apples, et cetera, in the world. And I looked and I said, why would you not want to do that? And they said, well, because they have all these problems. I said, oh, so you want the easy path. You want the <laughs> one that everything is already sorted. And the reason why I say that is, and Carol, this is so true for you. You know, we have to remember that this idea of CSR and sustainability 
didn't exist 15, 20 years ago. This didn't exist. This, this discipline didn't exist to the way it does today. And there were people like yourself and then people like myself that were inspired by you that you had to create a whole new industry. And we didn't do it by just going to the easy places. You do it by going to the toughest places, by changing the toughest companies. Because if you do that, you change the world. So my advice to people out there looking at the market is don't go to the obvious places. Embrace the challenge of changing the world by going to the places that makes you feel uncomfortable. I knew nothing about B2B and CRM when I joined Salesforce. That was part of the reason why I jumped in, you know, full in because it was, I was going to learn something and I was going to be part of something bigger. Just do it. Don't think, don't, don't go for perfection. Go for the tough challenges. No, I think that the, the issue of being a trailblazer, um, you know, as uh, Salesforce says, the trailblazers are pioneers and innovators and lifelong learners and movers and shakers. And they're leaders who leave a path for others to follow and who build a better world for others. So I'm going to give you the last uh, comments on uh, following that, Hank. I want to say the same to, to businesses out there and to, to any social enterprise. Do the same. Be a trailblazer. Change the world. Um, we're not going to do it on our own. And I can't wait to see how businesses embrace this model of being able to change the world and being part of a larger community. Be a trailblazer no matter who you are. Well, thank you. Um, Hank never disappoints me. Um, his passion is relentless. I think he's finally found his home, um, albeit, you know, he was in my home for a few years and then he moved on. So, um, again, we learned such amazing insights here. It's not easy. Culture is so important. Authentic values. Um, live them every day. Uh, think about your family. Think about um, Ohana and how you integrate and, and work with your community, your colleagues, um, your society, and be a trailblazer. So this is Carol Cohn for Purpose 360. I want to thank Hank Camfer. Sometimes he calls me his mom. I haven't <laughs> called you my son, but I'm incredibly proud of you. So thank you very much. Thank you very much.